0: God bless you, saints, and good morning to you. Good morning. We've been studying, or uh, last uh, way back when we were studying in Hebrews eleven, and um, just just kind of want to finish. We, we got the last the last verse in Hebrews eleven is they they without us cannot be made perfect. And so we're going to just kind of meditate on that scripture this morning and talk about some things pertaining to that. Let's just go to the Lord in prayer. Lord God, we're so grateful to be able to gather together this morning, Lord. And we ask, Lord, that you'll bless the the study this morning as we study these things out. Let it be uh, edifying to your people, Lord Jesus. Be with a as he's preparing the services today, Lord God. Bless our service, we pray in your name. Now, verse 13 and 14, uh, you know what, I, I, I'm, I'm always struck at how encouraging Paul is uh, as he's kind of laying these things down and he's kind of giving us the background of all these examples of the, that uh, as he says, like a great cloud of witnesses in Hebrews 11 that we can look to and, and be encouraged that they, without, without even, many of them didn't even re- reach the promise that had been promised to them. Abraham and Sarah and what we will look at as examples in a moment of, how God gave them a promise that they never actually got to step into themselves but they were looking Abraham was looking for a city Abraham was looking for possession of the land and all these promises that they were given to and Paul is Paul is encouraging us as he moves on into Hebrews chapter 12 don't stop running you you got to you got to keep pressing on it, a, it's like a race and you you're racing to cross the finish line and you want to you want to keep persevering as though you're a, an athlete in a race don't don't stop and just lay on the side of the road. But you just, there's a goal that you're trying to you're trying to get to. Now, so in in verse, verses 13 and 14, he said these all died in faith, not having received the promises. There's a promise that was laying there in front of them that they didn't quite attain to. But yet God told them, he 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 told them that, Abraham, there's a city that you're there you're looking for, and Abraham walked like he was a, 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 in, in, here in this verse. He's, they confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. And it says, having received the promises, but having seen, having seen them afar off and were persuaded of, of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. So they were, they were so convinced that, uh, that, 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 that the goal was in front of them, that they didn't waver, that they didn't fall to the side, they didn't give up. They just kept pressing on. And that's the kind of faith that Paul is trying to encourage every believer that reads this letter that, that, to, to have that same kind of perseverance. So it says, These all died in faith, not having received the promises. And verse 14, For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from which they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. They they weren't thinking about where they came out of. Their mind was on the goal, on the finish line, like the story of Lot's wife. Her mind was on where she came out of, and she was turning to salt. But these people that in the great the hall of faith here in Hebrews eleven, their mind was on where they're going to. But now they desire a better country, that is in heavenly. Wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He hath prepared for them a city. <coughs> and you think about in, in, in verse thirteen where it says these all died in faith, not having received the promises. That Sarah never lived to see her descendants become like the sands of the sea. She never saw that and Abraham never saw the nation of Israel return to the promised land and Abraham never saw new Jerusalem with his natural eyes and Abraham never saw the promise of the seed of Abraham fulfilled in Christ and Abraham never saw the promise of the new birth there's a lot of promises that they didn't see. So it was Paul's point that he's, as he goes over into Hebrews 12, they they had a lot of promises laid in front of them that they didn't get to see. But now you, you get to take advantage of all these promises that were given to them. You get to see the fulfillment of that. Now that's what Paul means when he says in, in Hebrews 12, verse 22, he says, but ye are come unto Mount Zion. What's Mount Zion? Mount, this, this right here. Ye are come unto the city of the living God. Ye are come unto the like John saw the city coming down from God out of heaven, like a door, like a bride adorned for the, for her husband. This you have come to actually God manifesting Himself in a bride and living in you to fulfill what that, that new Jerusalem is going to be decorated like, the heavenly Jerusalem into an innumerable company of angels. What, what's he saying? That they were promised they were promised that one day God would pour His Spirit out on all flesh, and one one day you would be able to. Uh, 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 it, uh, inherit a, a redemption of your body and all the promise of the promised land the capstone the the old corner of the land all these things and now you have come to what they were could only look at in the future Amen. you've come to the general assembly and church of the firstborn which are written in heaven and to God the judge of all and to the spirits of just men made perfect you've been made perfect by and that's what we're going to look at in a moment perfection Amen. You've been made perfect by that promise being fulfilled in your life. The promise of the Holy Ghost Amen. makes the believer perfect. And to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. What's Paul doing? He's he's exposing to the, to the Hebrews that he's writing this letter to that all these things in the Old Testament that were prophesied of, that were spoken of, that were types of something. Now you have come to the fulfillment of those types. Right. That all these things, these types and shadows in the Old Testament were speaking of something that now you can have access to in the in the concrete reality of what those things were speaking of. <clears throat> and so they they were walking by faith, walking toward these promises. Now and in 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, it says, Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Our faith is the victory. When you can believe. Like in verse 17, By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promises, offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. Now this is how all these believe, all these uh, saints in the Old Testament that we're reading about got the victory, is by faith. By faith Abraham uh overlooked all of the circumstances and just trusted in what god had promised and he accounted that god was able to raise him up i got that highlighted because as we're reading these things out i just want to call out that that we're we're uh we're coming not not we're not believing god and without understanding what we believe we're coming uh uh recognizing uh, he weighed it out like a balance should i Should I trust God or should I just go on what I think is right? And he accounted that God was able to raise him up. And we'll read where Moses esteemed and all all, all these examples of believers that that took they 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 didn't come just with like a veil over their eyes, but they knew what they were getting into. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith, by faith, Jacob, when he was a dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worship, leaning upon the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel and gave commandment concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. And there it is again. He chose Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Everybody's got a path laid out in front of them. You've got the ability to account, to choose, and to esteem which way you're going to go. It's all. It's laid. The same choices laid before us all. Like Brother Bram said in the message, "Why Christ beat?" We've all got that gift in us, the ability, the ability to choose the path that we go. And in verse 26, esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured a seeing him who was invisible. Through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land which the Egyptians are saying to do were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. By faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. And what more, what what shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, and of Barak, and of Samson, and of Jephthah, of David also, and Samuel and of the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mountain. Now you think, think about how encouraging this is, Amen. what they were able to accomplish by faith. Stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword. Out of weakness were made strong, waxed violent, valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens, Women received their dead raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover, of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. Now, when Paul gets over in Hebrews chapter 12, he starts beginning to talk about how that, you know, you, we've got to be able to take chastisement and rough times. And you think about all the rough times that these believers went through because they had such confidence. They accounted and esteemed and chose the thing that they knew was more worth, worth more than all the suffering that you could, yes. you could have in this world, in this life. Now, Brother Bram said, and as I thought on my way, he said, did you ever try to put a valuation on what eternal life is? What could you give for it? If I could be turned back to a boy of 19, 20 years old and would have all the world and live 500 years without sickness or old age or either live another one or 10 more years and have all kinds of troubles and beg for my food and be persecuted and martyred at the end but have eternal life, I'd take that. Now, that's how much these, these uh, saints in Hebrews 11 valued the promise that they had given. They, they knew it was worth more than being uh, like, like Isaiah, sawn asunder, grabbed out of a tree by that king and pulled over and tried until they stuffed him into a burlap bag and sawed him in half. And, and you think about all the other things that Paul was just relaying, all the, all the suffering, many things that uh, far surpass any, any difficulties that we have in our life. But they knew that eternal life was worth it. When 500 years was up, it'll all be over, but it'll never end with eternal life. I'll live in the presence of Christ forever. We just don't know what's wrapped in that treasure that God has given us. And the message thirsting for life, he said, I've often said if I can be a young man of 25 years old, if God would appear on the platform tonight and say, I will turn you to 25 years of age, there you will remain for a million years, And I'll make you the king over all the universe. Everything will be at your command. Or I'll give you a hundred years of misery and woe and trouble and sorrow. But at the end of that hundred years, I'll give you eternal life. At the end of the million years, you are lost. Oh, I'd say, Lord God, I don't have to wait any longer to make my choice. Let me have the hundred years of misery and woe. Any kind of a death that you choose for me to die only lord give me eternal life Amen. for though i own the whole world and was king for a million years at the end of that million years i become a hell bound creature for eternity but no matter how bad my lot is here at the end of my life if i've got eternal life i live on in the blessed presence of god forever and ever Oh, now you can see—you can look look like they did in Hebrews eleven—that this time span that we're living in is just a blink of an eye compared to all eternity. What 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 is all the suffering and all the heartache and all the trials and things compared to living with Christ and living with the the believers and saints forever and ever in eternity? It's worth more than anything. Amen. And Hebrews eleven verse thirty nine and forty says, "Have it," and these all having obtained a good report through faith receive not the promise now i got a picture here this is another artificial intelligence generated image of peter preaching on the day of pentecost uh artificial intelligence has got so big at my work that i i'm I'm playing around with it so this is this is totally generated by computer which i it's it's pretty interesting you can tell it generate a picture of peter preaching uh in ad 30 and it will it will make it (laughs) And you think, though, having obtained good, how they get a good report, not by doing something, but by but by believing the promise. They didn't get the promise, but the promise came on the day of Pentecost. All these promises that were laid out through the scripture, like in Joel, where it said, and it shall come to pass after that. I will pour out my spirit. It was promised in Ezekiel 36. He said, I will pour my I will put my spirit within you. Isaiah 32 said, until the spirit be poured upon us from on high and the wilderness be a fruitful field. And Isaiah 44 says, for I will pour water upon him that is thirsty. Now, see, there's the promise now that Paul's saying they could they didn't have access to this promise. They were walking toward it, but they never got to experience it. But now you you can experience it. Now, see, if you've not been born again yet, there's a promise laying for you. And if you've been born again, there's a promise you can have more of it. You can have more of it every church service. It's not just a one-time thing. You can have as much as you want. You just open yourself up and believe like they did, and look to what God said, and look to instead of the circumstances, instead of what somebody's told you or what the devil told you that that is past. The days of miracles are past That is that I've gone too far. You can have it because God made the promise. Now, the uh, what what promise are we talking about? The promise of a Holy Ghost heart change, that God can take you and change your nature and make you like him. That's what Brother Bram said we're getting to. They without us cannot be made perfect. So let's look. Let's read from the message of perfection. And Brother Bram said, As the worshiper realizing, for committing adultery, for lying, stealing, whatever his guilt was, or even evil thinking, whatever it was, in the least shadow he was guilty because it was his nature. In the Old Testament, it was his nature to just be... Somebody that's unregenerate, even in the New Testament, without the Holy Ghost, it's, it's just your nature. He was a guilty person, not maybe by, by desire, but by nature he was guilty. And he had to recognize that this innocent little lamb died in his place, and he felt sorry for the little thing. But the man, as soon as the lamb finally died with the blood of the lamb upon his hands, he walked from the building with the same desire in his heart that he had at the beginning. Why? Because the life that was in the little lamb, life lays in the blood, Your life is in your blood. We know that. And the life in the blood of the lamb was animal life. Therefore, when his little corpuscles were broken and the life went out of the animal, it could not come back to the worshiper because the worshiper was a human being. The blood made a covering, but it could not perfectly atone for the man left the building with the same desire to sin as he had in the first place. But doing this, he was looking forward to a time when there would be a perfect lamb come. Now, see, that's how you are made perfect. Perfect is the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is a promise of perfection that that perfect sacrifice would be applied to you to make you to, to give you a perfect covering. That's why in verse 39, he says, these all having obtained a good report through faith, receive not the promise the promise of a Holy Ghost perfection. God, having provided some better thing for us that they without us should not be made perfect. How do I how can I be perfect in Hebrews 10 verses 1 two, Paul if we go back to what Paul already said in, in chapter 10 the law having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of the things can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comer perfect for then would they not have ceased to be offered because that the worshiper once purged should have had no more conscience of sins. What's the Holy Ghost for? To take, to change your desire, to change your conscience so that you don't desire to do the things of the world anymore. And and in uh, Hebrews 10, verse 14 to 18, he said, For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified, whereof the Holy Ghost also is a witness. A witness to what? That you've been perfected, that you've been changed It is a witness to us for that after that he had said before, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds will I write them and their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Now you see where perfection is tied to guilt. If a guilty man comes into into a courthouse and he's sentenced by the judge, then he's not perfect. He's guilty of the crime. But if you come and the price has already been paid and the judge said, I find no fault in you, then you, he's looking at a man that's perfect. You see what the Holy Ghost does? The Holy Ghost is a witness for you that this man didn't do it. He's, he's a witness. It's a covering to you that you've been perfected by the blood of Jesus Christ. Because when God looks at you through the blood, he doesn't see all the things that you've done. The slate has been wiped clean. That's why in verse 17 it says, There's sins and iniquities where I'll remember no more. You've been made perfect. That's the promise that I'm talking about this this morning, that the promise of Holy Ghost perfection, that when the Holy Ghost is applied to your life, that when you're filled by it and, and an experience of the new birth, that God changes your soul to make it perfect. There's nothing nothing imperfect about a, a soul that's been covered by the blood, that's filled by the blood of Jesus Christ. And the message law, Brother Bram said, now the blood could not be perfect by an animal, but the blood in Christ was perfect. Now, I will never be perfect and you will never be perfect. I will never be perfect in your sight. You will never be perfect in my sight. But let's lay that aside. What about in God's sight? I look at you as a human. I look at you as a brother. But God looks at you through the blood of his son as a redeemed one. Jesus said, Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. And not what you've done, you have nothing to merit it, but it's what Christ did for you. Now, that's why you need the Holy Ghost. That's why these people in the Old Testament that we were just reading about were marching toward a promise that they couldn't have access to. But one day on the day of Pentecost, God began to pour his spirit out. And now from then on, you can have access to this promise of what Holy Ghost perfection that we're talking about. And Brother Brown said, in the unconditional covenant that God made with the people, it's not what I am, who I am. It's the perfection of Jesus Christ in God that died in my place to make me what I am. It isn't whether I can stand. I can't. It's whether he stood in my place. Amen, brother. That would make a Baptist shout. Yes, sir. There's something about it that's real. You, you see, that's that, that's where he's getting into. Is is it works or faith? Faith will produce works. Works won't produce faith. So it's not you working something up. It's relying on what God did to change you and apply uh, apply that atonement over your life. It's God God doing everything. It's not whether you can do it. It's whether He can do it. And Brother Ram said in the questions and answers of law, law having a shadow, he said the germ of life is in the bloodstream. And that was an animal life. And an animal blood has no conscience of sin. Right. Certainly not. So it wasn't strong enough because it knew not what sin was. But when God came down into the blood cell that was in Mary's womb that created the blood in Christ Jesus, that human blood was powerful enough to take sin out of the human heart. And when the worshiper comes and puts his hands on Jesus' head and confesses his sin and the lamb was killed and his name's written on the Lamb's book of life, then God gives him the same Holy Spirit that was in that blood. and he confesses his sin's wrong, he has no more desire of sin. That's the gospel. No more desire or conscience of sin. And the Christ, in Christ is the mystery of God revealed. He said Hebrews 11 said, "They cannot be perfect without us." hands and feet cannot be perfect without the brains the knowledge the head and so forth see and we're all perfected in him so by one spirit we're all baptized into one body free from judgment passed from sin unto death now here's another ai image i made i wanted to make an image of a man that has just been found not guilty by a judge and this is what it came up with I, isn't that amazing that the computer just come up with that image and this is not even a real person that's how far AI has come but anyway I, I digress that's the one, what I'm talking about <laughs> Jehovah Jireh he said guilty to the least is guilty to the whole oh, and he calls for perfection so how can you be perfected you can't look at yourself and be perfected but I looked at one that is perfect the one that took my place he's the perfect one now, there, there's where you, you come and you're, you're guilty as anything, and then you find out that God paid the price for you, and he's made a way for you to be perfected, and He's now you've been filled by the Holy Ghost, and he's looking at you through the blood and not looking at your past. There's where you you're not guilty anymore. Guilty as to the least is guilty to the whole, and he calls for perfection. Now, that word perfection in the Bible is that te- te- Teleois, I, I don't know how you pronounce that, but that means full-grown, adult of full age, mature, which goes back to what Paul said in Ephesians 4, 13, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. How are you going to be perfect? How's your soul going to be perfect? By the Holy Ghost. Right. How are you going to be a perfect man by the Holy Ghost? Amen. How are you going to get the Holy Ghost? By the word. Right. The word. The more word you get. It makes the word. The word you receive makes a way for the Holy Ghost to have, to have an effect in your life. Amen. The word you receive is actually spirit and life. That as you receive it, as the word that you hear is actually claiming you and, and changing right. you and molding you. In Colossians 1, 28, it says, who we, Whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom, that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. In 2 Corinthians 13, 9, For we are glad when we are weak, and ye are strong. And this also we wish, even your perfection. In 1 Peter, he said, But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his gl- eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that you have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish strengthen settle you no that's that's why we preach because god wants to see a perfect church and you'll never be perfect until you yield yourself to what god has already done and philippians 1 6 being confident of this very thing that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of jesus christ and in second timothy all scripture is given by inspiration of god and is profitable for doctrine for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished, furnished unto all good works. And we'll stop right there and continue on next time. Because he, Well, let me, let me read this. God, having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. And Hebrews 6 says, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection. And we'll stop right there. God bless you saints. The musicians can come forward.